0: Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. Today on the podcast, we are so excited to welcome our good friend, Sherry Edwards. Many of you know Sherry and the role that she plays in ministry to women right here in Arkansas. She helps coordinate our Inspire Women's Conference and she helps develop and execute our women's ministry curriculum and leadership development plan. What you may not know about Sherry is that she also teaches a women's ministry class at Washita Baptist University and she serves as a national trainer with LifeWay Women. You're gonna love this episode of Inspire on the Go as Sherry talks about women of the Bible. As we hear these stories of amazing women found in the Bible, let's commit together to be women of faith who live for God's glory and for the sake of His name. Enjoy this episode of Inspire on the Go with Sherry Edwards.
1: Hi there, my name is Sherry Edwards, and I'm so glad to be joining you today for an episode of Inspire on the Go. As you may know, I have served for the past several years as one of the coordinators for our Inspire Women's Conference. And one of my jobs has been to enlist our breakout session leaders, and it has been so exciting to be able to bring you such amazing and gifted women all throughout the course of this year as we've highlighted our breakout session leaders in the podcast episodes for Inspire On The Go. I hope that you have been so encouraged and strengthened in your walk with Christ and your walk with other women. You know, one of the hallmarks of our Inspire Conference has always been offering a variety of breakout sessions designed to meet people where they are, to meet women where they are. But one of the challenges was that many of our women were limited to choosing only the three that we could do in that one day. Um, And so what we've enjoyed uh, seeing over the course of this year is that one of the positives that came out of a year of isolation and not being able to gather was that it caused us to pivot and to think of new ways to reach more women with our Inspire Conference. Um, You may know I'm usually in an episode with Andrea Lennon, who is the host of Inspire on the go, and we're usually highlighting some information or upcoming events that are available to you through our state convention. But today, I'm happy to be with you just to share some thoughts that have come out uh, of some of my teaching as an adjunct instructor in the field of ministry to women. Um, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I'm a wife. I'm married to my husband, my um, high school, I mean, my college sweetheart. We've been married 33 years. We have three grown sons. Um, I, say, I qualify that because we still have one son who is a senior in college. Um, we have three grown sons, as I said, have a beautiful daughter-in-law. Um, and most importantly, I am Sibby to our two and three-year-old granddaughters. Um, all of my kids uh, live away. They live out of town. And so that is a challenge, but we love going to visit them and we, we have some great times when we go visit. Um, I did mention I'm an adjunct instructor um, at Washta Baptist University. I'm a Lifeway women trainer with Lifeway Christian Resources. Um, I lead a mom's group at my church um, called Mom Connect. We've been members at my church, which is Park Hill Baptist in North Little Rock, for 27 years. I've been doing women's ministry for over 20 years, and more than anything, I just I love encouraging women. So today we're going to take a look um, at some thoughts about how God uses women for His kingdom purposes, and that when we have that correct overview of how God uses women for His kingdom purposes, we can aspire to be women who live and lead with a God-focused perspective. So I'm excited to be with you, and I hope our time today will challenge you to take a fresh look at how we study women in Scripture. I want us to start by just uh, taking a minute to pray as we begin. Dear Father, I just thank you for this time that we can spend today um, thinking about how you view women and taking a look at the lives of women in Scripture As we begin to study the qualities that we see in their lives, Lord, help us to be women who follow you and to use our lives for your glory. I thank you for each woman who is listening today, and I just pray uh, for you to use us in a way that will glorify you. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. So I'll just give you a little background Um, of how this topic came about. As I mentioned before, I'm an adjunct teacher in the School of Christian Studies at Washtenaw Baptist University. I've been teaching over the course of the last five years, and I teach the course Ministry to Women, Introduction to Women's Ministry in the Local Church, and that is the starting point for the course We do expand and cover other topics like leadership for women, um, also current trends in ministry, and the practical how-tos of ministry. But we start every semester studying women straight out of the Bible. The Lord led me, uh, as I was creating the syllabus for the semester, the Lord just laid on my heart to start with women in the Bible and to think about how that should shape how we see ourselves as women. And so over the course of the first couple of weeks of the class, we spend time studying key women in the Old Testament and key women in the New Testament. And we read the passages in context. We make notes of the qualities that we see in these women. And we write them on the whiteboard. We just read the passage. We um, I have the girls, it's a pre-assigned assignment. So they read the passage, uh, we reread it in class, and then we together we list the qualities that we see in their lives, we write them on the whiteboard, and it is so amazing to see the fresh look that these girls are getting at the women in Scripture and to see the list of qualities that these young students begin to see in the lives of these women. And as we conclude this portion of our study, um, my students are instructed to write a summary paper on their favorite Old Testament and their favorite New Testament woman. I noticed a pattern very early on as I began to read through these papers that many of my students were not familiar with some key women in Scripture. Women like Deborah, Abigail, even the full story of Eve, uh, Noah's wife, Huldah. In the New Testament, women like Phoebe, Lydia, Priscilla, and the women who followed Christ and helped finance His ministry. And it was not that they were not necessarily familiar with the names of some of these women, but they had just not studied in full context these women and the qualities that we see in their lives. What was also very apparent was that the women were, they were familiar with were what I would call your your typical women in the Bible or your your uh, familiar women in the Bible, women like Ruth and Esther. Um, these are great women we should we should certainly be familiar with and, and highlight their stories. They're familiar with Eve in a bad way, aren't we all? You know, Eve gets such a bad rap, but we, we sometimes never continue the story of Eve. We just stop with her bad decision in the garden. Um, and in the New Testament, our favorite women, of course, are Jesus' mother, Mary, uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, the Samaritan woman. Um, and but oftentimes we focus on the Samaritan woman and her interaction with Jesus, which we totally should, because that's that's so foundational for how Jesus introduced himself um, and his way of uh, the way, the living water. But we sometimes just stop there and we don't continue the story of how many believed in Jesus because of her testimony. And so we've taken these stories and they're almost by rote passing down the highlights of these women, almost kind of like they're, uh, you know, we often talk about having, uh, we're often just showing our highlight reels. Well, that's sometimes what we do with women in Scripture. We just take the highlight reels without looking deeper. Uh, We've never studied them in depth. And so what I found was that many of these young women that I was teaching were not familiar in some cases at all with some key women in Scripture. And they certainly weren't familiar with pulling the qualities and characteristics that we see in these women in the context of their stories and keep in mind these are young women who have grown up in the church and are strong in their discipleship walk with christ and so it's not like they um, didn't have a grounding i think it's just something that we have overlooked as we're teaching our girls and our young women And so that's what I want to encourage us to do in our time today is, is begin thinking about how we can implement some of these ways of thinking about women in scripture with the young girls and the young women in our lives. Because what jumped out at me every time I teach this portion of the course is that these students are so glad to read about women like this. Once they started reading about these women and studying it for themselves, it was like a light bulb just went off in their minds. And they were, they were beginning to look at it through the lens of, you know, this is uplifting, this is encouraging, and that's what we should be gaining when we read God's Word about um, how He sees women. And what I've realized in the course of, as I said, this is my third time to have taught through this content, what I'm realizing is that when we start at the beginning and we study women from the beginning of Scripture, from Genesis, all the way through Revelation, We see the ark of God's hand and how He has used women throughout the course of Scripture for His purposes. You know, we love to study our favorite women in the Bible, don't we? And that's great. You know, we can just pluck that passage out and focus on the common themes that center on what we've traditionally heard growing up or our favorite qualities that we admire. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But it just so happens in all of our studies, there might be a few key women we've missed along the way. And if we miss the overview of women and their stories in God's meta-narrative, then we will fail to have a correct view of how God sees women. And you know, the culture of today will tell our girls and young women to seek empowerment and confidence in their own strength. However, when we study women in Scripture, we see that God uses women who are strong in His power, who are surrendered to His plan, and that God used women in the Old Testament to impact His kingdom. God used women in the New Testament to impact His kingdom. Jesus used women to strengthen the church and to spread Christianity, and that God still uses women today to impact His kingdom. So we're gonna take a little bit deeper look as we explore this idea of how God uses women. I think when we begin to look at some of the consistent qualities, you know, the thread of qualities that we see in these, these key women in scripture, when we pull these women out and study them in the context of their stories like this, it gives us a deeper understanding of the kind of woman God uses to accomplish his purposes. He has gifted women with unique qualities to fit his kingdom objectives for their time and their place in his story. So let's start by asking a few key questions as we look a little closer into the narratives of these women. And we're not going to go through all the women today. We're only going to pull, toward the end of this session, we're going to pull a couple of women, one from the old, one from the new, and we're going to just look Briefly in scripture at their lives because so I'm going to give you a model of how you can do this with every woman that we study in scripture. And so what we want to do is we want to ask some questions as we look a little closer into the narratives of these women. Let's ask, who is she? How does she respond to obstacles and difficulties, to the crises that prevail upon her life? How does she step into the unique giftings that God has placed within her Um, and we'll see that it all goes back to her view of God. Who is God to her? He is the almighty creator, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is I am, he is Jesus, he is redeemer, he is savior. And so when we grasp and consider the women and the qualities they displayed, qualities like surrender, obedience, following after God, not following their own will, We see courage, boldness, selflessness, integrity, influence as a woman. This helps us understand the principle of why ministry to women and girls matters. Because we see strong women, women of courage, who did not cower in the face of adversity and obstacles, but stepped bravely forward into the calling of God that he had given them for that moment in time, for that pivotal moment in kingdom destiny. So if we want to be women involved in kingdom work, it's a good idea to see how we compare to these women in Scripture who God used to further His kingdom work. We have to take hold of who God designed us to be and hold that up as our ideal because when we understand that, God can use us to bring forth the spiritual fruit that He wants to see in our lives and in the women we are leading. And so as we think about the Old Testament women and new testament women and the women of today when we look at the lives of old testament women we see women who were positioned and used in a time when god was orchestrating the work toward redeeming his people their obedience was for the good of israel for the hebrew people they were looking toward the coming of the messiah the gospel the good news the savior When we look at women in the New Testament, we see the baton being passed from the old to the new in the fulfillment of Jesus and the carrying out of the gospel. So what do we see when we take a deeper look at the women who followed Jesus and the women who were instrumental in the spread of the gospel in the early church for all people? We see that Jesus looked at the women he interacted with and he truly saw them. He related to them. And we see that he was more focused on salvation than on religious traditions. Jesus liberated and elevated women to serve in the work of the early church. We see an expansion when we look at the women of the New Testament. We see an expansion of what the Old Testament women did. When we look at that in the context of who we are as women of today, how are we picking up this baton and how are we carrying it to the next generation Of women. We will see that we we see women who had courage, confidence, conviction, character, and compassion. As we read these stories and we see how God uses women both in the Old Testament and the New Testament in the meta-narrative of Scripture, we will begin to have a correct overview of how God sees women. If we don't have that correct view or orientation, that sets us up, that can set us up for failure, that can set us up for insecurities, for not having the confidence that we should have because we are created in His image to do His work for His kingdom according to His purposes. And that sets us up to feel like we have to accomplish or achieve simply because we lack having that right perspective of the meta-narrative of God's view of women. And so we see that we can have a mindset of lack. We can also feel like we have something to prove. You know, we see this a lot in our culture today that uh, we feel like we have to, There's pressure to prove our worth. Uh, we hear this message constantly that we have to achieve. Uh, there's pressure to make our mark on the world. And, you know, this really undermines and distorts the way that God has designed us. When we compare that mindset You know, the mindset that I just described to the lives of these women that we read about in Scripture, it really doesn't match up. When we start with that wrong motive or that underlying reason to prove something, we will miss out on God's good plan for our lives. But when we start with the right perspective, we can have a correct and a complete view of how God uses women for His purposes. When we read the stories of women in Scripture, we can gain insight into how through their lives and their choices, they impacted history through their everyday lives. And what this does is it gives us a framework from which to operate, to live our lives and to establish the foundation of who we are in Christ and to be confident in our giftings and in the Lord, instead of relying on our own strength and insecure in ourselves. you know, we don't have anything to prove. We don't have anything to fear. We don't have to feel like we're missing out or that God has something bigger and better. He uses us right where we are. And that's the model that we see in Scripture. So what I want to encourage you to do is to start making a list of women in the Bible that you want to study and to just read their stories again, not just the same way that you've read them before, but read them with fresh eyes and with new perspective. Um, We want to put ourselves in their shoes and to put ourselves in their context and think about what it would have been like to face what they face in the time that they were living. Not that we want to add script, add to scripture. We never want to add to scripture or to embellish, embellish the story, but we, we want to think about lifting the stories of these women off the page and thinking about them in new ways as we look at the qualities that we see in these women. And then we we also want to think about how we can look at these stories with the young women in our lives, you know, with our daughters, with our sisters, with our granddaughters, with our friends. I've done some of these uh, just briefly with my mom's group, and I can't tell you how much fun we had together reading and discussing and to see them look at these women in scripture in new ways and to become familiar with their stories. Um, I hope to make possible, I do have a handout with a list, a good list to get you started of key women in the Old Testament and key women in the New Testament and the passages. Um, And um, we hopefully will have that available for you in the show notes. Uh, If for some reason it's not available, you can email me and I will get that to you. And so right now what we're going to do is we're going to just briefly take a look at a couple of the women that I would like to highlight, um, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament, just to kind of give you a model of how we do this. So the first one we're going to look at is we're going to look at Abigail. Abigail is one of my favorite women in scripture, and she's often a woman who is overlooked. But Abigail, we see Abigail uh, come into the story in 1 Samuel 25. We see um, and we see how Abigail uses her influence and her words wisely, and we see that this is really uh, rooted in her character. And so in 1 Samuel 25, um, picking up with verse 20, there's a story that has happened uh, to kind of set this up. We see David uh, has been in the wilderness with his men, and he'd been protecting Nabal's flocks. Uh, Nabal was Abigail's husband. And Nabal was not a great guy. We don't want to go into all of the details of it, but Nab- Nabal was kind of a jerk. And so um, that's what makes this story even more entertaining, in my opinion. But we see that Abigail um, inserts herself into a situation that really could have gone really badly. And so um, you can read the story for yourself. So we'll just start in verse 20. As This is Abigail. As she was riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, she saw David and his men coming toward her. David had just been saying, A lot of good it did to help this fellow, to help Nabal. He was speaking of Nabal. We protected his flocks in the wilderness, and nothing he owned was lost or stolen. But he has repaid me evil for good. May God strike me and kill me if even one of his household is still alive tomorrow morning. And so we see here that David is on his way to kill Abigail's husband, probably most likely his whole family and everything, because Nabal had disrespected and had uh, just not treated David and his men well. And so we see that Abigail intercedes for Nabal. In verse 23, When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed low before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame in this matter, my lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay it any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never even saw the young men you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. Please forgive me if I have offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with lasting dynasty, for you are fighting the Lord's battles." And you have not done wrong your entire life, even as you are, even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you. Your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in His treasure pouch. When the Lord has done all He has promised and made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. In verse 32, David replied to Abigail, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. Then David accepted her present and told her, Return home in peace. I have heard what you said. We will not kill your husband. And so this passage is rich with a lot, but we we will only take a few minutes to talk about just some of this the qualities that we see here in Abigail. We see that Abigail demonstrated beauty, intelligence, resourcefulness, discernment, and courage. She wielded a powerful tool, her words. And so we see that when she used her words wisely and from God, they became a a vessel of truth and clarity for David, allowed him to renew his perspective and change the course of his actions and his influence as king for good. She spoke blessing over him and acknowledged the mistake of her husband. And so we see the qualities in Abigail, that she was a peacemaker, she was humble, she takes initiative, she was brave, and she was discerning. And so now we want to look at another woman. We want to look at a woman in the New Testament, and we want to look at Lydia. Lydia, has also become one of my favorite women in scripture and so we want to look at the life of lydia and we'll begin this passage for her in acts 16 so in acts 16 chapter 16 verses 11 through 15. we pick up the story of lydia and we see that um, we're talking about this is paul he was writing in acts and he's writing about Um, how he has been on his journey from Troas we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace the next day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of the district of Macedonia. We stayed in that city for several days. On the Sabbath day we went outside the city gate by the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and spoke to the women gathered there. A God-fearing woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, was listening. The Lord opened her heart to respond to what Paul was saying. After she and her household were baptized, she urged us, If you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. And so what are just some of the qualities that we can see as we read about Lydia? Um, I think there is one more verse that I wanted to read, and it's in uh, verse forty. Um, and so, what transpires after these verses is that Paul is put in jail uh, for, and that you can read for that, uh, read about that for yourselves in Acts sixteen. But we see in verse forty, after leaving the jail, they came to Lydia's house, where they saw and encouraged the brothers and sisters, and departed. So, what are some qualities that we can see in Lydia? Just we can we can think about. We see that Lydia was God-fearing. We sh- we see that she worshipped God and that she was a woman of prayer. She was a dealer in purple cloth, so she had she had a business. We see that she listened, that she was paying attention, and that she responded to God, and that later she provided a place of safety. Her whole family became baptized and her home became a place of gathering um, and a place of safety for Paul and his team, and she offered her home as a gathering. And the heading in my in my Bible lists this passage uh, as Lydia in the gateway uh, for evangelizing Europe. And so this is just a method, these two women, it's just a simple method, a very simple, short method um, that we can use to study women in scripture. And so I encourage you, as you begin to do this for yourselves, you'll begin to see some of the qualities and characteristics that we see in women. And so some additional points to consider as you begin to study this for yourself and think about women God used. We see in the lives of these women, courage is not the absence of fear, but the judgment that there is something more important at stake. We see that it will often be a crisis that God uses to pivot our direction. We see that wherever God is going to give dominion, He entrusts some kind of responsibility and some measure of His power. We see that every point and twist in the plot is orchestrated by God's hand. And we see that if God hasn't empowered you, you can't expect Him to go before you. And as we think about the lives of these women, some other central themes that we will see is that they were not focused on themselves. They were focused on being obedient to God's call to do the hard thing. They weren't out to make a name for themselves. They were out to make God's name known. These women had courage to rise to the challenge, and they didn't cower in fear. They were ordinary women living ordinary, everyday lives, and God used them to do extraordinary things in his kingdom, plans, and purpose. And so we want to be women like these who embrace the glory of God as their purpose, and who will end up doing great things, big and small, not for ourselves, but for the glory of God, because we are doing God's things. And so I hope that this time Uh, just the short time that we've spent focusing on how to look at women in scripture in a new way has been encouraging for you. And I hope that you will do the same practice with the women in your lives as you begin to study women in scripture and to lift these women off the page and to have them uh, inform how we view ourselves as women and how God views us as women. And as we think about, I want to pivot now, as we think about, women who are leading and women who are serving, I just want to remind you of um, an upcoming event that is coming right here to Little Rock uh, on September uh, 24th. We know that Priscilla Shire is coming. We're so excited about that. I think that you heard a lot about that uh, on the last podcast episode of Inspire On The Go. And today I just want to go a little bit deeper a little bit um, more in detail about the You Lead event that is preceding Going Beyond Live with Priscilla Shire. Uh, maybe you'd want to know a little bit more about the breakout session leaders and topics um, and I really want to encourage you and other women to invest in the leadership training that is going to take place here because it's the type of leadership training that is specifically for women and we really wanna take advantage of this opportunity. We want to think about what we are doing to grow ourselves as leaders. This is gonna be a great opportunity to join with other women. You know, in leadership as women, we can often feel like we're on our own in leadership or in ministry, in the workplace, or even in nonprofit, um, if that's where you serve. Uh, This is a great opportunity for you to come together with other women, specifically for you to be trained to be equipped and to have access to the resources that will better serve you and will better serve the people that you're leading as you grow in your leadership journey. And um, about the women that are coming to serve as breakout session leaders uh, for the ULead event, Over the course of the last two and a half years as a Lifeway Women Trainer, I have had the great privilege to get to know these women who will be presenting and who will be serving as session leaders, and I cannot tell you how gifted and skilled they are and how faithful they have been serving in their roles. They have experience, they have wisdom, they have knowledge, and they really want to share that with you. The other thing is sometimes we hear from women's ministry leaders that you know we are really wanting that you're really wanting certain topics or issues in ministry to be addressed, to be talked about. Well, let me tell you, this is your opportunity to be in the room where some of these topics and issues are going to be talked about, issues that affect us as women who serve as leaders. So I want to just go through real briefly some of the topics that we that will be covered at, at our ULEAD event. Uh, because I think if we know what's going to be covered, that gives us a little bit more information. We want to encourage you to take part in this event and in these conversations. And so first of all, uh, when I mention Kelly King, Kelly King is the women's ministry specialist, among other things, uh, for LifeWay women at LifeWay Christian Resources. And Kelly, we're so excited to have Kelly because Kelly is just... Um, She brings just a real depth and a real experience to ministry leadership. And so she's going to be covering ministry to women essentials um, and just a great starting point. Um, She's going to be covering principles from the book of Nehemiah. And also she's going to be uh, talking about biblical literacy and going over some Bible study methods Um, And then also a personal equipping session, uh, creativity that transformed, that transforms. And just how to be more creative in your teaching approach. Uh, Also, uh, the next one I want to mention is Brenda Croston. Brenda is a sweet, sweet friend. Uh, Her husband, Mark, is the head of uh, the Black Church uh, with LifeWay. Black church leadership and Brenda is just a delight, and she's going to be speaking on making practical ministry connections, and uh, also on cultivating a. Bu- bu- I cannot talk. Cultivating a biblically literate environment, and also Brenda has walked through some really really difficult times of loss in her life, and so Brenda is going to be speaking also on guiding grief while guiding others. Uh, Brenda has just such a great personality and uh, just is a dear. You will enjoy her. We also have Cindy Townsend coming. Cindy is another fellow Lifeway Women Trainer in addition to Brenda. And Cindy has just a wealth of experience and knowledge. And uh, Cindy is going to be presenting on Purposeful Women's Ministries Planning. And she's going to be talking about strategic ways to plan ministry activities Uh, that reach women of all ages. She's also going to be speaking on hope and help, exploring the deep well of discouragement and anxiety. And I know that we can identify, many of us can identify with that topic. Uh, Cindy's also going to be presenting a session called Start a Power Surge for Your Life and Ministry, and talking about what happens when women pray and how to establish meaningful prayer experiences. We also have two of our own Arkansas women. We have Andrea Lennon. Uh, Andrea is going to uh, be presenting on Leading Well, Demonstrating God's Hope, Peace, and Power. We love Andrea. We know that that will be a great session. And and then many of you may be familiar with Chenille uh, Yarbrough. Chenille is also known as PJ. Um, Chenille PJ, I'm going to call her PJ, is just precious jewel. That is what PJ stands for. Uh, But she has such a great testimony and such a dynamic personality and is so gifted and equipped in training. And she's going to be speaking on her story of Born a a Statistic. And she's going to be sharing um, from her journey and helping us understand the framework uh, on how to lay down our lives and stories to embrace God's gift of being born again and how he wants to use us for his glory. And I know you'll be blessed by that. So I just wanted to mention those briefly. Again, the U Lead event is happening Friday, September 24th at Park Hill Baptist Church in North Little Rock. And you can find more information um, at lifeway.com slash U slash U Little Rock. I think that's probably wrong but hopefully you can find the right information um, if you go to uh, absc.org slash women you'll see that listed there i've enjoyed our time together and i hope that uh, i see you soon i hope you guys have a great rest of the year and will join us for inspire stay tuned for inspire 2022 and stay tuned for other opportunities to be equipped and trained